It's Friday, September 17th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians open a big three-game series in New York, in the Bronx, against the Yankees. Uh, always big when you're playing the Yankees. Always uh, sort of, you know, one of those dates you circle on the calendar. But uh, this series in particular is, is really big. Maybe not so much for the Indians, but big for the Yankees, who are, are pretty much fighting for their, their postseason lives right now. Yeah, they're in a virtual uh, three-way tie for those two, you know, those two wildcard spots in the American League, Joe. Uh, right now, Toronto and Boston uh, occupy the first two spots with the Yankees a half game back. But, you know, so this three-game series with the Indians is, is like you said, critical, critical for the Yankees. And you know, when you look at the Indians' young players, this is the kind of experience you want. You know, you're playing playoff-type baseball in September where, game, where the games mean something. In front of a hostile crowd, don't forget that. They're going to be in the Bronx. A lot of these guys, for the first time in their careers, uh, playing in New York. And it's, it, it's an experience for sure. I mean, uh, you, you've been there a, a bunch. You've seen what what just playing in New York can do to an Indians team. Uh, you know, what, what are the, what are some of the pitfalls these, these young guys have to avoid? Yeah. I think you just kind of get overwhelmed by uh, the ballpark itself. It's like, uh, you know, walking into like the gladiators walking into the Coliseum in ancient Rome, you know, that's what it looks like from the outside to me. I mean, especially the new place, you know, the old place was kind of majestic, but it was kind of beat up, but but this new place is, you know, it is, it is a beautiful ballpark. You've got the fans, you've got the bleacher creatures, you know, chanting the Yankees names as they come out in the first inning. It's, it's an experience. It's a, it's a great place to watch a game. The fans are into it. They're passionate and uh, they've got, you know, they're, they're going down the stretch here and they don't accept, uh, you know, finishing out of the postseason. So, you know, this is going to be, uh, you know, um, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to show up and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the Indians kind of, you know, take this on and, and to put it and to put the cherry on top, they're facing uh, Corey Kluber tonight, uh, their former Cy Young uh, winner. And uh, you know, they're, and then they get Garrett Cole on Sunday. So, you know, the, the Yankees aren't pulling any punches here. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, <laughs> some guys turn up a little sick on Sunday morning, not wanting to face Garrett Cole. I mean, that's a, that's a tough at bat as they saw in the playoffs last season. But you mentioned Kluber. Uh, he, he's back. He's uh, healthy after he threw a no-hitter earlier this year for the Yankees. Then he went on the injured list for uh, a, a little while, a couple months maybe, with uh, a, a an injury similar to what Mike Clevenger suffered uh, back in 2019 with the, uh, the shoulder strain, the, the, the muscle in the, in the shoulder there. Um, just what can they expect from Corey Kluber this, this time around? Uh, he's not going to overwhelm you anymore. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's more of, uh, that classical tactical Corey Kluber, uh, you know, sort of come at you with all of his weapons kind of, kind of game plan. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I think, you know, the, 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 the Yankees pitching has especially has been beat up, but they're, you know, they've got a ton of guys on the, on the injured list. Uh, his last, he came, you know, he, he, uh, Kluber came off the uh, injured list on August 30th. He's, this will be his fourth start since being activated, and he has yet to go past the fourth inning. 
So, you know, I think we'll probably see something like that. Maybe he gets into the fifth or, you know, uh, uh, depending on how the Indians, you know, react to him. But yeah, well, hell, maybe, maybe he throws a no hitter. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. This is, this is the right team for, uh, for Kluber to, to bounce back against. They certainly have more than enough experience against that this year. Well, I mean, you joke about it, but uh, really, you know, going into this series, you look to Sunday, man, uh, it, it's a bad formula with an early day game on Saturday and Garrett Cole facing uh, the Indians on Sunday. Uh, that's the one I'm going to circle as the potential for a no-hitter uh, in, in this series. Uh, you've got the Indians in New York. New York's like uh, like a 10th man, the, the city itself, uh, especially when the, the schedule has you playing uh, a 1 o'clock game on a Saturday, and, and then you've basically got the rest of the whole night the, with a young team of guys <laughs> And there is some potential there for uh, for some bad news for the Indians rolling in on Sunday morning. Yeah, there better be a, a bed check uh, uh, Saturday night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I think some players are, are scared of New York. You know, this is this is a big town, and it's it kind of just sprawls and sprawls and. There's a lot of stuff going on, so maybe hopefully some most of these guys stay in their hotel rooms. Right, uh, you know, one guy who isn't or shouldn't be scared of New York, uh, Ahmed Rosario, but he's not with the team right now. Uh, he was put on the family uh, leave list uh, at the end of the uh, Minnesota series there, and Andres Jimenez now uh, getting a chance to play a little more at short. Yeah, and uh, uh, Ahmad Rosario can can stay on that list up to seven days. Now I don't know when he's coming back, uh, but uh, you know, you know, hopefully he can he can make it back to uh, this this weekend. But maybe not. Maybe you know next week when the Indians return home for their last home stand. Uh, he went back to the Dominican. I guess his mother, his grandmother, isn't feeling well. She's ill, so he went back to. Uh, to visit her and uh, and yeah and uh, now him Jimenez is getting a chance Joey's getting a chance to play his position um and um play his position at shortstop and he's going to do it in a, in a big on a big stage and you know I can't when when you're talking about um the the New York you know I remember you know you see certain players play well here and I remember when uh, Jose Ramirez was a young player, he loved playing in New York and he's still, he's, he's really a, he's fun to watch in New York. He likes playing against the Yankees. Another guy was Lindor uh, did well in New York and, and Manny Ramirez, you know, just when he came up, he had all the Washington Heights out here, but you know, he, he you know, you, you can, New York brings out the best in players and sometimes the worst. Right. Uh, those are some great examples. Uh, you know, we've seen, uh, Jose Ramirez have big games uh, just recently in the last couple of, uh, of seasons against the Yankees. I think the last time that they were in New York, uh, they had a, a game where they, they scored a, a bunch of runs and Jose had had home runs and, and you know, was running the bases real well. Uh, but, but that Manny Ramirez uh, major league debut is, is one that sticks in my mind. I know it sticks in your mind uh, when, when he had his whole, basically his whole uh, neighborhood out in left field cheering for him uh, every time he got up and he, he hit two home runs in his debut. 
Yeah, and it was like a soccer game. You know, that's they were chanting, they were singing, and uh, Manny was just uh, on fire, man. And, and it was just, you knew right away, you know, you knew the reputation coming in. But, you know, that was his rookie year, and I think he'd come up, the Indians were in Minnesota before they came to uh, New York, like this trip. And, and Manny, uh, you know, had, I think he had a hit or maybe one or two hits and against the twins and then came here and lit it up and uh, just, uh, it was fun to watch. And, you know, you knew you were seeing something special there. All right. Well, uh, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of young guys on this roster and uh, the Indians aren't going to get uh, Cal Quantrill in this series. So the Yankees miss Cal Quantrill and Tristan McKenzie on this trip uh, through the Indians rotation, which, you know, is good for the Yankees. Uh, those are the, the, pretty much the, the two hottest Indians pitchers right now. But it also gives, uh, you know, Aaron Savali a chance to go out there and redeem himself for what happened last week. And uh, gives, Jan, uh, gives Zach Plesak a chance to go out there and really sort of prove, hey, I can, I can get the job done here. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are big games. And, uh, you know, Plesak has, has pitched in, game, in, in games like this. You know, Savali also. Um, uh, Morgan is the guy I'm interested in to see how he goes Sunday. That's he's facing, you know, maybe the Cy Young winner this year, and uh, he's going to be facing a, a great lineup and a power hitting lineup. And you know, he he has some trouble keeping the ball in the park. And you, they've got that short porch in right field, and uh, so it's going to be a test for him. All right. Uh, want to bring this up? How the idea of uh just how important is it for the Indians to try and finish strong here and finish out and, and stay and get a winning record by the end of the season right now? Uh, I believe they're what, two or three games under 500. Uh, and they, they really need to, to sort of bounce back and, and how important is it not just to the players, but to the organization uh, to be able to continue that streak of consecutive winning seasons. Yeah, they're 71 and 73, Joe. Uh, so they're two, two under 500. I think it is, it's important. You know, the, you can say all you want about development, you know, that we're, the Indians are in a developmental stage that, uh, you know, they, the wins and losses don't matter, but you're in the big leagues, winning matters. That's what you're here for. You're here to win games. You know, it, you, it's a complicated process when you try to do both develop and win at the same time. It usually doesn't work out. But uh, at the end of the day, if, if they would, could manage to, to finish, you know, game two or three games above 500, I think it would be a plus for them. And, uh, you know, this is, they've got, uh, you know, they've got the, the Yankees this weekend. Then they come home and, you know, big, big series against, uh, you know, Kansas, well, Kansas City, that doubleheader. And then, you know, the, the, the second part of that last homestand, you got five games against the White Sox. And those are big, big games. They played well against the White Sox. And those could determine, you know, whether they finish with a losing record or a winning record. Right. Yeah. Those, those, uh, if they're going to get to 500 or above, they're going to get beat up doing it because of those doubleheaders. If they play, what, two, two doubleheaders in four days against the, the Royals and the White Sox. Uh, it, it's going to take an effort here. They can't just sort of coast into uh, the end of the season if they expect to, to have a winning record. 
they're going to have to actually go out and, and, and win it and do it. And I think that should be uh, their goal right now. Make it like a, a playoff goal, you know? Uh, you know you're not going to make the postseason, so make that your, your goal is to stay above 500, to get there and stay there through the end of the season. Uh, that last road trip, uh, I know they end up in Texas. They, they go to uh, – did they go to KC before that? or Yeah, Kansas City and Texas. So, you know, two struggling teams that are kind of in the same situation as the Indians. So if they could get by New York and, and the, the White Sox keep your nose above water, you know, they could be in, in pretty good shape uh, to, to, to end the season with a winning record. And I think the Marlo Hale is, uh, what, 21 and 24 since uh, the Indians, uh, since he, you know, re replaced uh, Terry Francona. So, you know, there's, there's a lot on the line for him as well. I think, I know he'd love to finish, you know, with a winning record. And, you know, while, while getting these, uh, their, a lot of their younger players, as many at-bats and, and innings as possible. Well, uh, if that's going to happen, we are in uh, sort of what we've seen traditionally as Jose Ramirez time uh, for for this team uh, over the last several years. Uh, Ramirez turns 29 today. Uh, hard to believe, but Jose Ramirez, 29 years old today, his birthday, and he's on his way to potentially, you know, finishing among the, the at least the top five vote getters uh, in, in the American League for uh, uh, the Most Valuable Player Award. He's finished in the top three, uh, three out of the last four years. Uh, finished second last year. Uh, this is a guy who's already at 30-30 this year. I'm sorry, he's not at 30-30. He's at 30 home runs and, uh, what, 23. He's, yeah. he's trying to get to 30-30, and uh, he, he, he keeps getting on base. He's going to make it because uh, he, he's made a concerted effort to, you know, sort of ramp up the steals over the last couple of weeks. And I think that's a goal for him. I think he's really trying to do that. Uh, but just, you know, Jose Ramirez, this is sort of the time and the situation where he turns it on for these guys and, and sort of carries them over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, he almost won the, the AL MVP last year, by the way he finished. Uh, we saw, you know, him uh, come have a good game. Um, uh, Wednesday in, in against the, the twins, he was three for four, with a couple RBIs, you know, he got, he got thrown out, you know, was trying to stretch a single into the double in the first inning, but kind of inspired the rest of the ball club. And, you know, they ended up with 14 hits. So, you know, that kind of hustle, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's how he plays. That's how he's played since opening day. And, and from what I've heard, Joe, he's, he's kind of getting beat up inside. You know, everybody is work. Every pitcher is working him inside. He's having some trouble with his hands. Uh, you know, he's getting worked on every day by the trainers. And uh, I think, you know, he's so he's fighting that because people like to jam him in there. And you can't throw a fastball by the guy. He, he won't no. take one. So, you know, those are that that's going to be a key, I think, uh, key kind of a, a confrontation between the Yankees pitchers and, and Ramirez just to see if they can get inside on him and how he, uh, you know, kind of negates that. Right. And we have seen him uh, pop up a lot more this year, and that might be a, a result of uh, pitchers making a concerted effort to, to pitch him on his fists, to pitch him inside. Um, we, we've seen a lot more weak contact and a lot more just pop flies uh, in general. So, uh, yeah, if, if they're going to get to 500, if they're going to get over 500, Jose Ramirez is going to have to take them there. 
once again this year. Lad, this time last year, he was putting them on his shoulders and, and carrying them into a wild card berth. Uh, not going to be the case this year. Uh, the wild card situation uh, right now it is Toronto in the lead uh, with Boston. There, if the game was played today, though, the wild card game, playing game, it'd be Boston at Toronto with the Yankees on the outside looking in. Uh, how do you see that wild card shaking out? What do you what do you see happening down the stretch? It's it's pretty much every man for himself. Yeah, I, I think Toronto makes it, Joe. I mean, they're red hot. They they played well. You know, I, I don't remember them playing like this. I don't think they've had a stretch like this in a long, long time. And you know, they got hot at the right time, and they've got those great that great offensive club. Uh, they've got some some key starting pitchers. Uh, yeah, I, I think. I don't know if Boston hangs in there. I, I you know, I, I, they're a good team, but I, I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I would think Toronto and New, New York, but, but right now it's, it's up for grabs. You know, it's yeah. anybody, those three teams. You know, and we, we recently saw a lot of Boston and they just don't strike me as a, a team that what, whatever it is, they just don't have that one necessary ingredient that makes them a playoff team. I don't think uh, I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, the developments in the AL East and in the wild card race in the American League over the last couple of uh, over the last several days uh, have, have made me really rethink my approach to the uh, the American League manager of the year ballot and without sort of revealing who you know I have as my favorites right now uh, there are I have them separated into maybe three distinct groups out of the 15 uh, candidates there. And uh, pretty much all of the American League East is there, with the exception of Brandon Hyde, who could be be without a job in Baltimore by the end of the year. Um, pretty much all of them are are up there in terms of guys who could get votes. Uh, I, I still tend to not want to vote for a guy like uh, an Alex Cora, who uh, I, I still think he got pretty much a slap on the wrist from the league, got a got a one season vacation for his involvement in one of the biggest cheating scandals in, in baseball history. So uh, without tipping my hand, I think you can see where who, who's not going to get a vote for me in, in, in that regard. But I think between Charlie Montoyo in, in Toronto, uh, Aaron Boone in New York and Kevin Cash in Tampa Bay, I think uh, it's potential that two, two out of the three of those guys might make their way onto my ballot. Yeah, that's a good ballot, Joe. That uh, those are three strong candidates. Um, you know, the Yankees have been kind of up and down, and they've had a lot of injuries. But uh, Aaron Boone has, uh, you know, kept them in there, and uh, Kevin Cash has just done a great job. They, you know, on a on a shoestring budget, and um, you know, they just uh, the thing that, that impresses me about Cash is they they get everybody on that roster to buy in. You know, they they they, uh, no one's a star, you know, anybody can be pinch hit for anybody can, you know, they, they circulate that bullpen, you know, uh, in and out, they're, they're, they've got a one closer, you know, not a dominant closer, but, you know, they've got a, couple, a lot of guys that can, that can close They they use, you know, people, uh, you know, they pull starters out when they use the, uh, the, uh, uh what? I can't remember the, uh, what was it? What sabermetrics? No, no. When 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 they only use two. Oh, two, the cl- uh, the opener. Yeah, the opener. They invented the opener and they've you know perfected that. 
uh, and they've got a great record with that when they when they use it. But he's and I think that takes you know you got to convince players to kind of put the team ahead of themselves. And and they and uh, Cash has done a great job with that. And I think he learned a lot from uh, Terry Francona in that regard. Yeah, ask Blake Snell if uh, if ever if everybody is bought in <laughs> uh, with the Kevin Cash philosophy, and I think you'll uh, you'll find a different answer there. But but I agree with you. Uh, that's the reason that you know the the Rays are where they are. Is it's you could look at you know a team like Chicago where you look and say the the White Sox are there because of the overwhelming talent they have there and Hey, anybody could drive that bus and you've got, you know, 87 year old Tony La Russa, um, in, in the, the driver's seat, uh, or you look at, you know, just the, the talent level that they have at, at Tampa, it's just, it's distinctly different and not everybody could drive that bus to a championship. And, and that's, I think the big distinction, uh, between uh, the two there and, and why cash deserves, uh, consideration over maybe a Larusa in that in that situation. All right, Quincy, uh, you've got all three games from New York coming up this weekend, and then back home for the final Cleveland Indians homestand in Progressive Field uh, in, in in 2021, and and really the final Cleveland Indians homestand ever uh, it, uh, in Cleveland as they will uh, transition to the Guardians next year. Uh, we will talk a lot about that next week. And we'll look forward to your coverage here on cleveland.com. Talk to you again next time on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. Thanks, man. 